tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth came, come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. There we go. And it is wonderful that in that last reading, James gives us a diagnosis of what we need. So he begins with an example. And if you just reflect on your own experience at church, you'll know this, right? You can come to church and out of your same mouth, you can be in church and praise God, can't you? And that happens in the gathering. And yet maybe on the way to church or on the way home, what can happen with the same mouth, you can curse people, you can pull down people, you can slander people, and it doesn't occur to you that because God made those very people that you're slandering or cursing or pulling down, to slander or, purse or, or curse or pull down someone that God had made is like giving God, the creator, a backhanded slap. So with the same mouth, we can praise God and then give God a backhanded slap. Okay, and we are actually cursing him too with our words. With the same mouth, we can praise God. With the same mouth, we can curse God. And James says, brothers and sisters, this should not be happening. It shouldn't happen, right? And then he gives this example. So he says, imagine that there is a clear um, spring of water, right? Beautiful. And out of the same spring comes beautiful clear water which is just delightful but then of course out of the same spring comes this awful tepid salt water which is just awful <laughs> alright so he's saying it should not be you can't have one spring bringing beautiful clear water and awful salty water out of it. Okay. If you've got both types of words coming out of us, words of praising, words of cursing, what do we need? A pure source, don't we? We need to be remade, re re reformed, transformed from within. Now, it starts, of course, we know with being forgiven. And the wonderful news for us today is that when Jesus went to the cross for us, he went there for every inappropriate word that you or I have said or will say. Every unhelpful word, he died for them. Every rude, mean, or nasty comment. Every verbal put down. Every slanderous slight. Every callous curse that came from our lips. Jesus died for those sins. And he didn't just die for every unspoken or misspoken word that shouldn't have been said, but he died for every unspoken word, that's right, that should have been said. The words of comfort or love or mercy that you or I have neglected to say and the moment just has slipped us by. Well, the good news is believe in Jesus and that slate is wiped clean. There is forgiveness there. But I want you to remember the telescope. Where did the telescope go? Here it is. Remember the telescope, okay? Because God 
has, is very, very patient, and he has the end goal in mind for each of us. He not only wipes out our sin, but he gives us his spirit to transform us, to move us along and get us to the end point. And over our life, God transforms our words. How does he do it? Through his spirit, yes. How does the spirit do it? It's so simple. He transforms our words through his words, right? Uh, Because his word is powerful. Remember how I said our words are powerful? Well, God's words are more powerful. God's words don't flow from a compromised source. God's words flow from a pure source, the Holy Spirit who inspired and breathed out these words. And he still lives, and he lives in you and me, but what he does is he takes his words and then makes them come alive in our our lives. So as we listen to them, as we dwell on them, God is shaping us, he's rubbing off the rough edges and smoothing us to become, yes, the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how he encourages and directs us. So just let me give a couple of examples, and with this we'll finish. Okay. First, first one, okay. He says, first of all, you've got to zip your mouth. You know, you do what Rachel did. You've got that emoji on the back of your phone, right? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, right? So that's the zip. You get rid of any gutter talk. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not according to yours. That means thinking about other people, doesn't it? That it may benefit those who listen. It's very practical advice about what should come out of our mouths. Okay, next verse, thanks. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. Again, get rid of the gutter talk, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Are you known in your speech for being a person who is thankful, who has words of thanksgiving? If you could swap words of swearing for words of thanksgiving, your life would be transformed. Of course, it takes time to develop that habit, doesn't it? So you've got to work on it. Okay, next. Paul says, let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tells you how to answer everyone. How do you do it? It doesn't actually give you all the content, although it does give you some words of grace. And that also speaks to the manner. Not harsh, not judgmental, but words of grace, a gracious manner. Okay, and then last one. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. The name of Jesus is to be on our lips and we are to cultivate the words of praise in our speech. So again, um, you know, one goal might be this week, see if you can openly share what you love about Jesus. And it might just be with someone else at church. It might be in the safety of your growth group or your family. We've got to begin somewhere developing that habit. But being able to speak about Jesus, what you love about him, that is changing the way we speak from within. And as you do that, God does a work in you and changes you, and you become more and more like Christ. It was interesting, you know, in our um, Monday Bible study with the old guys, you know, the amazing greys, when I said... 
Can you think of someone who's wise in what they say and in the way they speak? Two of them said, yes, it was a grandparent. And here I said, can you reflect on the impact of their words on your life? Here you are, right, in the later part of your life. They have long since died, the grandparents, but yet you remember what they said and that's still shaping you. But it's interesting they didn't say, oh, a young person. Now, young people, we love you. Okay, we, we really love you, we celebrate you, love, love you being here. But it takes time, it takes years, doesn't it, for God to do his work in our lives. Years of reflecting on God's word. But he will do it. His spirit in us is holy and he's pushing us on to become like Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, please carry on to completion the work you've begun in us and help us in our words uh, to get rid of foolish talk, coarse course words, um, words spoken in anger. Help us to replace them with words of thanksgiving, words which benefit others, which we encourage, which build other people up. And we all, we all know we need help in this. So please help us in Jesus' name. Amen.